0: Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Bright Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Bright. I uh, really believe in the principle of sowing and reaping. And so our, our theme this year is overflow. And, and just for those of you that don't know what that's all about, if you missed it last year, overflow is a principle. It's a biblical principle. It's, a, it's not only a biblical principle, I would say it is a spiritual principle first, because how many of us understand the spiritual realm preceded the natural realm? And it is not only in an, an, a, a spiritual thing, but it, it overlaps with the physical realm that we're in. The principle of sowing and reaping. It's so simple. Now, it's, it's a neutral principle. So it's not positive or negative. It's just a principle, but you can make it work for you. And so the thing I love about biblical principles is that they can be repeated. Biblical principles can be experienced. Biblical principles can be practiced. And I love that because it means that when we understand what these things are really about, we can go to God and have some expectation in our heart of what God is going to do. How many of you would understand that in Him, there's no shadow, there's no variation? That means that God is the same yesterday, today and forever. So when we get it in our hearts, when we go to God and we follow biblical principles, we can expect a certain outcome. And that's what this is about. So if you read the Scriptures, Luke chapter 6, verse 37, it speaks all about this principle. And it says, if you judge, God will not judge you with an increased measure. And He says, if, if you give, right, it will be given to you. And there is this thing that we constantly see in the Scriptures. And I'm telling you, this is one of the most repeated principles and practices in the Bible. The principle of, of sowing and reaping. And there is this this part in that Scripture that really helps to outline something that's always been there. And you may have read over it in the past, but not quite noticed it. We call it the divine passive. It's that God interacts with our decisions. So we're not here doing life and He's there doing His thing and we just do it separately. No, 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 we do it together. And He responds to us. And what is interesting to me is the increased measure with which God God responds to what we do here on earth. So we sow and we reap, but there is an increased measure in terms of the response. So what are the seeds that we can sow? Well, guys, everything can be a seed, really. I mean, you can sow your words, you can sow your thoughts, you can sow behaviors, you can sow actions, you can, you can sow your resources, you can sow a lot of things. And the trick is to try to figure out what's the right things to sow so that you can reap the harvest that you want in your life. Because when the divine passive happens, when when it's multiplied back to you, you get to walk in what? Overflow. So what's the kind of overflow that you want in your life? Because this is the kind of principle that can be reverse engineered. So what does that mean? Well, this is the way I think about it. and and it's not rocket science, I go and think, what do I want overflowing in my life? And then I sow seeds that are gonna deliver that overflow. That's pretty simple. So a farmer wants to have a crop of corn, he sows it. You know, like if, if you wanted to grow an apple tree, you, you, you want apples? You, you sow for apple trees. You could do the same with lemons. You could do the same with limes. Take a fruit salad and look at the fruit and say, if I want that, if that's my end goal, if that's what I want to be, have in my life, right? Well, now I know what seeds to sow. Like this is, guys, I, I know you're not taking notes right now because you're thinking, wow, I came to church for this. But at the end of the day... What I'm talking about is so obvious, what's astonishing to me is how many times people breeze over this, miss this, and sow seeds in their present for a future they don't even want. Now my goal for you this year, and I'm gonna be totally upfront from the absolute beginning of this year, this year is gonna be a lot about discipleship. One of the things that we discovered is that in, in ISO experience that a lot of people's practices and spiritual practices, that they easily just disappeared. And I realized that some of our spiritual practices were simply attached to environments like maybe church or small group or something. But what is our goal as a church? Well, Colossians 1.19 says this, is that as a church, we're meant to make believers mature. And what I want for you, this will be my absolute goal for you this year is that you become a mature believer in Christ, that you walk in the overflow of the presence of God and all the things that you want in your life when it comes to the things of God is what you get. Now, isn't this amazing? Because that future, right? The one where you get to hear the voice of God. I don't know how many people have spoken to say I just can't hear Him. I don't know what He's saying. I don't understand what I'm reading. Okay, now... We start to go, oh yeah, I see what you're talking about, right? Well, I'm telling you right now that at the end of this year, if you take this journey with Bright Church this year, you will be spiritually in a different position than you are even right now. And there are many of you that are here right now, whether you're watching online or you're sitting here today, there could be many of you that say, I do have some of those spiritual principles and practices in place. Well, this year we're going to work on it. Because I believe in the manifest presence of God and and, and knowledge of who God is, because I don't think in a lifetime we could discover everything about Him, which means it's possible, even if you consider yourself to be mature, it's possible to go deeper than you are right now. You can go again. Don't settle. Oh, Don't settle for things in life when it comes to the Spirit of God, when it comes to the things of God. Don't say this is deep enough for me. You might be only up to your knees, but you don't know what you don't know, right? So, this year is about discovering what we don't know when applying the right things. So, at the end of this year, we become mature believers in Christ. Does that make sense? So, let me do this. I want to read to you from Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. It says, Do not be deceived. So, what's the deception? Well, it's the principle of sowing and reaping. Here's the deception I can sow anything I want. And there's no consequences. That's the deception that the apostle Paul, who wrote this scripture, is talking about. I can do what I want. It's okay. It doesn't matter to me. He says, God is not mocked. So that means to literally turn your nose up off at him like, this will never happen. All right? So God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. You sow lemon seeds, you get lemon trees, you get lemon fruits. If you don't want a bucket full of lemons, stop sowing for lemon trees, amen? Verse eight, Paul offers up two destinations. These are eternal destinations. So if you think this is some nice little principle off to the side of scripture, I'm telling you, this is like the main thing because the road divides in two here. It said, for the one who sows to his own flesh, and that means to give in to wrong desires, sinful things in your heart, will from the f- flesh reap corruption. That means a decomposition of your life until there's nothing left. Wow. Yeah. But to the one who sows. Now the first time it says sows, it means plant. The second time it says sows, it means to cultivate. So whoever cultivates to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Now I've read that the first time and I thought mm, that's interesting to me because I thought we were saved by grace through faith in Christ, you know? well, this kind of looks like I could just sow to the Spirit. That sounds kind of like works. Because the first thing you think is, okay, well, then I've just got to sow to the Spirit. I don't get caught up in a works-based mentality. It's about cultivating a life with the Spirit. Do you remember the Scriptures say that no one can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Spirit? So you're wondering how you get eternal life. You cultivate a life to the Spirit. You're open to the things that the Spirit of God says. And when you cultivate that spiritual life, it ends up in eternal life because you listen to Him as He speaks to you and He tells you everything about what Jesus has done for you. Now does it make more sense? Okay, to four people, praise Jesus. Verse nine, and let us not grow weary of doing good for in due season, that's a Kairos moment. Because if it was up to me, I'd just put it in for like, You know, March 2022, i just book that thing in, right? That'll be my season. That's when I'm going to reap, right? God, I've booked it in. You're late. No, 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 no. It's a Kairos moment. It's a divine moment in time that God will answer your prayers and the sowing of your seeds. It's a Kairos moment, right? And what does it say? And this is the part I really want you to listen and, and lean into this morning, right? It goes for in due season, we will reap we will reap say just say it with me so i know that you've got it this morning we will reap say one more time we will reap right that's a promise these these are important words we will reap if we do not give up how many of you realize that jesus did not come to give us lessons in agriculture it's a lot about seeds a lot about seeds and planting and sowing, and growing. Now that's because they're writing to a culture that understands farming principles. It's interesting that even though they understand farming principles, they still feel it's necessary to point out this spiritual principle and ground it in an earthly one so that they can fully understand the impact of sowing and reaping. Now I told you at the start, you don't need to be a genius to figure this out, right? But it's amazing to me how many people have still got this wrong. And if you, even in your life right now, you might be in a season where your present circumstances are not what you want. That could be a result of the seeds that you've sown. It's not always the devil. I mean, sometimes he's responsible. But to be honest, you can make some silly decisions sometimes. And so can I. Because if you've ever made a, have you ever had regret? Half of you said yes, the other half are lying. I know you, right? Have you ever had regret in your life? Yeah. Okay, well, that was probably because you sowed a seed that you realized later was a really bad decision. It was a really bad choice. Don't feel judged. Like this was like my teenage life. If I think back to what I was like, you know, growing up, there was, there was a moment in time where I was so far from God. And the reality is I wanted nothing to do with Him. I remember one day driving down a specific stretch of road and I could take you to that exact moment and that exact stretch of road because it was, it's etched in my mind. And I was so far from God. I hadn't, I hadn't been to church for many, many years. And I knew that I was living way outside of what God wanted me to do. Now I always believed that God existed even when I wanted nothing to do with Him. And in that moment I heard God speak to me. I hadn't prayed in many many years, but I heard God speak to me and he said to me, "You need to stop what you're doing and come back to me." What would be the biblical word that we would use to explain that? Repentance. That's what that means. You got to listen, you got to turn your life around. Stop stop going that direction. It's not where I've called you to go. Turn around, come back to me. Repentance. So, so I know He's asking me to do this, but I don't want to. I don't want to do it. So I haven't prayed in years, but in that moment, I knew what He was saying to me. And so I said out loud, I was in the car all by myself, I said, God, I hear you today, but I don't want to do anything that you're asking me to do. I want to go live my life And at the end of that self-expression period, I will come back to you. Subtext, I would like to live far beyond the boundaries that I know a Christian. And when I have done everything that I wanna do in my life, I will come back to you and thank sweet Jesus that I didn't die that day. Because I have no idea what would have become of my life. I, I don't know. And thank God I didn't die the next month. It took me a little while to get my life in order. You know what happened to me? I was deceived. I thought that I could sow any seeds that I want and escape the harvest escaped the reaping by coming back to Jesus. Yeah. But, but Pastor Ben, wouldn't God just forgive you? Ah, uh, yes, He will forgive you. He's loving. He's gracious. He has died for all of your sins. But you will not beat the principle of sowing and reaping. You are free to make any decision you want. You're not free from the choices that you make. Make sense? This is amazing how many people make these decisions. Now, you, I, I was living in a period of my life where there was some intentional sowing of seeds that I, didn't, you know, that I shouldn't have been sowing, right? But people do this passively all the time. So much of your thoughts, your actions and your behaviours, whether you are aware or ignorant, are still sowing seeds for your future. Do you understand that you could be ignorant and not beat this principle? So even if you, don't, if you don't take the time to really think through and get this, it's still going to deliver a future to you that you may not want. I don't know how many people have said to me, I really want my, my, my kids to have Christian values and, and, and love God, right? Well, teach that with your life. How do you do that? Come to church every week. And I'm not even joking. I'm not joking about this because you know what I've discovered? Kids won't do what you say or do what you do. So you do what you want them to do. How can you sow seeds of apathy and think you're going to reap a harvest of passion? If every time you're like, some people do it, but that's not me or that's not us. or We don't do that or I don't care. right? What do you think you're going to harvest in your children? It's astonishing to me. And and this is how I know I am speaking to a large group of Christian people across the planet because the average attendance is like one in four weeks. They will not beat the principle of sowing and reaping. So you see how obvious it is. And we're like, yeah, we don't need to take notes because we get it. But how astonishing that so people miss it at the same time. The trick is to look at this and understand it and realize this will apply to me. Do you know what James 1.15 says? Desire when it has conceived gives birth to sin. Okay, it comes in seed form. And when sin is fully grown, it brings forth death. Yeah. And when the devil presents an opportunity to you, he never presents the end path. Yeah, that's right. How would you like a nice big helping of death? <laughs> and the average person who's smart enough would say, no, thank you. He will not present it. He presents entertainment in seed form that leads to the path of death, you know? It just, the the only difference is time. It's sown here, it's cultivated there, and it's reaped over here. Do you get it? It's amazing how many people can miss this. Sin is a seed. It can just grow. I wonder how many seeds have been sown in your heart over the last couple of years that you need to get out bitterness is a seed that can grow if bitterness grows in your heart that is the death bell of ministry forget about ministering to people if you can't love them it's a seed there's lots of seeds that can be sown in our heart that produce futures that we don't want the seed of offense is the death of future relationships and I don't know about you, but to me, this life is far too important to give myself over to stupid things that don't matter. Yes. The, the smartest guy in the world, King Solomon, he understood this principle. He wrote about it. He said, the small foxes spoil a vine. He said, it's the small little things that you think don't matter that will produce a harvest in your future. The small foxes, you don't see it, but then the vine starts dying and you can't figure out where it happened. Now, the smartest guy in the world wrote about this, but years in his later years of life, went against everything that God said, married many women from neighboring nations that didn't have a heart for God, compromised here, compromised there, allowed them to worship false idols. And what was the future? How, how can someone understand this principle and then not apply it? That is the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Sometimes, and I've discovered this about being a Christian, is that there are so many people that can be book smart, but not street smart. We understand what it says. We don't understand how to apply it, or we lack the discipline to engage in it. See, the problem is, it's not just the harvest that you get from making the decisions that you make. It's the missed opportunities that you would have had. And one of the things that I understand about life is that you don't get a do-over. I don't get to go back and change things time is always moving in one direction and as i get older a phenomenon is happening it is speeding up it is speeding up when i was a kid the distance between christmas and easter was a lifetime now i I went to make an appointment the other day they said okay that'll be in three weeks oh that takes us to the end of february i said no but it was true you know, it was true. Time is speeding up. And as time speeds up, opportunities begin to slip through our fingers. Yeah. Good, man. This is the time to sow. But you got to start to think about what you want to sow. You know, it's funny. I was, I was writing this message. And at this Exact moment in the message, I got to this point where I was thinking about how important it is to sow the right seeds in your life so it produces something that you want in your future. And I got up to go speak to you know Sarah in the kitchen. And as I was entering into the kitchen, I received a message on my watch. I took a photo of it on my iPhone. I snapped it and I walked in as if I was going to say something to her. I looked at it I said, I'll come right back. I need to write this down. I took a photo of it. I have it right here so that we can see it. And there I got this little note. It says you've received a thank you note. And that little icon there is for the chosen. The Chosen is a series that's on TV about Jesus. And if you haven't watched it, I'd encourage you to do it. But about 12 months ago, I was watching it. And at the end of the episode, they gave me an opportunity to donate to The Chosen so that some people that couldn't afford to watch it could see it. I thought, wow, what a great opportunity to get the gospel into the onto the television sets of people that are far from God. So I thought, oh, wow, I would love for many people to understand that. So back then, like this is like over 12 months ago, I sowed a seed, a financial seed, so that other people could watch it. And at the exact moment that I'm talking about sowing in your past so you can reap good things in your present, I got this message right then. It's just, this is astonishing to me. And it just reinforced to me, and you can tell this guy probably doesn't know much about Jesus because he can't even spell Christ. I enjoy the show about the Christ. Well, I assume he means Christ, of course. But, but I got this impression that this guy probably doesn't know. Oh girl, I don't know. Doesn't know much about Jesus. But I got to watch it. Why? Because I sowed a seed. And, 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 and the reaping happened in that moment. There's a harvest that's happening for something that I, I sowed and totally forgot about. And that's the benefit of sowing good seeds in the right season, at the right moment. You know, you you do that and it starts to produce a harvest. We're not always even aware of the harvest it's producing. Here's my question to you today. Where are you sowing? Because there are fields of opportunity. You could sow into your family. You can sow into your, your business. You can sow into your, your finances. Your, that, that is a seed that you can sow itself. You can sow into the kingdom of God. You can also sow into the kingdom of darkness. And the thing that will determine where you sow is what matters to you most. It's what's got your focus. And the problem, I think, sometimes is that the passion for God is waning and we just He doesn't have our focus. So it's not where we sow. Now, I told you, you can reverse engineer this principle. So with that in mind, what do you want to be overflowing in your life? What do you want to be overflowing in your life? Now be intentional about the seeds you sow. You see, it all comes down to your vision for overflow. What do you you see what do you want to see? Now, now remember God's capacity for multiplication, yeah? Because yeah, yeah. oftentimes we go, but what could I produce? I mean, what could I do? You know. Remember God's capacity for multiplication. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. That word "running over" literally means overflow. Now, understanding that God can multiply things in your life, He can do what you cannot do. Pray this prayer. God, give me fresh kingdom vision. Give me fresh kingdom vision. Because I'm talking about a principle that works, but, but we're not meant to try to make this work to build our kingdoms. We are all about building His kingdom. It's all about what He Wants to build on planet earth and i've met plenty of people that don't know what they're they're called to do but i want to tell you that what you see when god gives you vision your calling is intertwined in that because god doesn't give you a great vision for something and then not give you the skills to complete it he's got limitless capacity and power and 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 ability and he can make all grace abound to you at the time when you need it but you need to go to him and say god What's the vision for my life? What do you want me to do? You know, I, there was a moment in my life where I thought about this. I remember I was in church. I'd recently rededicated my heart to, to God and this thought went through my head. I thought, if this whole thing isn't real and this is not true, then I should be done with this and walk away. But... If this is real, I should give my whole future to God, my whole life to God. And I prayed a prayer and I said, you can have all of me. And I meant it. Every single part. I hold nothing back. What what do you want? And it's because I had the realization that this this was real. I was chatting with a friend of mine this week, Jason, who runs a small group. It's an outreach small group. And they run it at the RSL, and the goal is to reach vets. And so he ran it, and I, I, got, I heard some feedback that this week there was like seven people from the community that came in and joined that group. And I was like, "Well, all of heaven breaks out when one sinner repents like Seven on their way is pretty good." Right So, so right. So I thought, that's great. I thought, I, I'm going to give him a call. So he's a mate of mine. So I call him and I say, hey, I just wanted to say that is such a great story. He goes, yeah, it it is. But he goes, boy, it it wasn't without opposition. I said, what do you mean opposition? He said, "Ah, well, I I had changed the night that we would meet. And when I did, there was a conflicting schedules and the people at the RSL were like, you know, why did you change the date? And some people were upset. And then he got past that hurdle. And then, you know, he got into the room and there was people playing pool. And they said, hey, you can't just come in here and and, and start some group. And he said, "Ah, it's okay. I've got permission, right? And it's funny because the people that were playing pool that didn't want him to be there in the first place were part of that seven that came over and said, we'll be part of this. And I just thought that's so cool. And he's been running that group for a long time now. And he just didn't get sick of sewing. And that's inspirational to me. Because I guess in his heart, he had faith that in time he would reap if he just not, did not give up. And when you get kingdom vision in your heart, you have the capacity to keep going and going and going because you believe what you're doing is of God. And, and you don't want to give up. And I want to tell you something that matters so much to you today. And this, is gonna, this will bless a number of people in this room. When you sow into the kingdom of heaven, you will always reap a harvest, a, a right harvest, always. And we're so enamoured with success. And we, we think that God has blessed us or answered our prayers or, or it only matters when we were successful. You don't, you don't get blessed because of the results you produce. That's something that God takes care of. You are blessed by God in the sowing, not in the growing. And you will reap a blessing from that sowing either here on earth. And let's face it, that's what we all want. That's what we're all looking for. Amen. Oh, come on. Amen. Amen. Yeah, don't you want to see some results? Yeah, and me too, right? But I've discovered that whether it's here or there, and there are so many scriptures on the one thing I just said, I'm not even going to go there for, you know, time's sake. But you know what? if you laying up all your treasures on Earth, if, if that's what you're totally focused on, then, then you're forgetting that you can lay up treasures in heaven. How do you lay up treasures in heaven? You, you sow the right seeds while you're on Earth. Proverbs 11:18 says, "One who sows righteousness gets a sure reward. Life is the seed time. And eternity is the harvest. I want to show you something right now that will make total sense to you. And again, just like many things, we can totally miss the impact of this. Come up here, Zach. Put your hands together for Zach. Thank you very much. I want you to imagine this. Imagine these are the years of your life. And... Imagine that every number—I don't know, you probably can't see this. It's like, I used the inches side because it was a little bit bigger. It's not helping these people at the back. Sorry about that. But imagine every, every number you see, that's another decade that's passed. And you think of this, in this first decade— Can you hold that a little tighter so I can just stretch this out? Yeah. In, this, in the first decade of your life, man, I've got kids, and I tell you, 10 years goes by so quick— they go through so many growth stages. The seeds that we sow in this season are very important. And then you, you get to this, the second stage, you know, the, the next 10 years. That's when they go through being a teenager. And that was hard. Not for the kids, for the parents, for the parents, for the parents, right? And, and also for the, for the teenagers, right? It's just hard for everybody, okay? So, so, but, but in Jesus' name, you get through that, right? And you get through that. And then you get into your, your 20s. And and your 20s, so many things happen and you focus on so many things, you know? Like anybody without the gift of singleness, this takes up a lot of your thinking space, okay? <laughs> I don't wanna be alone, don't wanna be alone, don't wanna be alone, right? So you, you gotta meet someone, you go to uni, you, you, you study or you do an apprenticeship or something like that, you know, and, and, and you work hard and you could be so focused on, on that. And, and maybe your career really starts to kick off around age 25 and you get to your 30s. And, and not this is not for everybody, I understand. But, you know, you get to your 30s and maybe you're thinking, gosh, I better start having kids because I want to be, you know, an old dad or something like that. Or I'm just projecting now. But anyway, you, you start to think, oh, I, don't, I don't want to do that. So you, so you start to think about having a family. But, oh gosh, now, now you've got to provide for them, right? And they matter. And, and of course they do that's that's real that's true and so so you work really hard and and you've got this space right between your 30s and and then to your 60s where you work and let's say like mid 60s right maybe up to 70 where you're working hard saving as much as you can you know There's no pension for some of us when we get older, so got to build the super and make sure that we invest our time wisely. It's astonishing to me how people can be so smart with their finances and so foolish with their eternity. And so you work really, really hard. And if you do really well and you work hard, you get to enjoy it. In this decade, you know, awesome. And maybe You live past that decade. And I don't know about you, and I am a man of faith, but at the end of the day, if I make it past 90, I'm pretty happy with that. And so maybe some of us get to this point and we made the work that we did with our whole lives get to this point and we're like, we did it. We made it, I provided. We're so enamoured with this little space But you know, if you're really clever, you would understand that after that, there's more. And there's, to be honest, guys, there's a lot more. And you're so focused on sowing for that, you just kind of forgot about this. And the seeds that you sow were all for things that were good but not eternal things because you were just preoccupied and you had vision but it was only for you, your family and your life and you forgot that at the end of that, there's going to be this period of time. And I don't know, are you getting it yet? No, you're probably not because this thing, are you getting it yet? No, you're not because I've discovered something that I could pull this tape all the way out and it still wouldn't come close to describing what it is to live in eternity. And if you understand something about seed time and harvest, you'd spend this life sowing everything that you could because there is an eternal reward that's proportionate to your temporal investment. When you get it, doesn't it change how you think about your life? Doesn't it change the vision that you've got for your life? And I don't know about you. Zach, you can just go ahead and and, and (laughs) You know, it says at the end of all things, he's just going to roll it up like a scroll. And Zach got pretty close to doing it there. So come on, put your hands together and thank Zach. We're thinking about this. And God just wants us to get a vision for this so that we start to sow the right seeds in the time that we're living in. And I I don't know about you, but for me, it makes me wanna lay down my small dreams and ambitions to just make sure that everything is okay in my life. And it makes me think so much more about things that are not even happening in my lifetime, but are well beyond the life that I'm living. And it begins with getting a vision for it. And see, the seeds that you sow begins with your vision of overflow. When you get the right vision, you start sowing the right seeds. I want to pray for people that this year, that you really lay hold of what I'm talking about so that you can start sowing the right seeds into your life. Not to just produce a harvest next week, next month, next year, but in a season that we'll never see for a blessing, that we'll never personally witness. It's still producing the right harvest in a time to come. It's beyond the age that we live in. You understand what I'm saying? Come on, let's pray. Father, I just thank you so much for this group. I thank you, God, for everyone that's in this room today. They love you with all of their hearts. And I pray, God, that you give them fresh vision for the season that we're in so it can produce a harvest in the one that's to come. And for anyone who feels far or distant from you this morning, God, I pray that they would know and not just had knowledge, but that experience the reality of your presence even in this moment. Because God, we know you're in this room. I pray, God, that you start to move on people's hearts. Lord, set our hearts on fire today. Remind us of what really matters. Remind us of what's really important. And I pray your richest blessings to be upon every single person who sows into your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for listening to the Bright Weekly Podcast. We hope you're encouraged today, and we'd love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to brightchurch.com.